0: Welcome to episode number 49. I'm your host, Alpha Mike. What are we talking about today? Well, credit debit. How law enforcement agencies do a budget, basically, with overtime factored in and ghost jobs. That's right, on the next L Police Radio. Episode 49 on Raider Cop Nation. That's right. The first intro said El Police Radio. Now I'm saying Raider Cop Nation. What in the hell's going on? Well, in my investigation, I found out that the licenses needed to be re-upped on. El Police Radio for this program uh, August 22nd. So since I don't know whether that will affect one show or the other, whether it will affect the transfer of the browser because both are simultaneous right now. In other words, if you put in uh, com, it will eventually transfer over to Lpoliceradio.com, but eventually Police Radio will dissipate and Raider Cop Nation will take over. When? Not exactly. I don't know when because it's up to technical support in the server and the provider that do that do it for us. So in the meantime, guess what? Probably the only time we'll ever have on this show two names on one program. But what I can assure you is we will turn into Raider Cop Nation. Our panel will start in September. So we're we're just two weeks away from that. And um, we will slowly start to introduce them. I believe we have a show on September 5th. If I look at the schedule board here, and it tells me, never trust a pig. That was the show we were doing. We might drop that one out and place it in with the introduction of the panel for September 5th. So that's uh, projected. Right now, it's we're going to call it projected as of uh, the 22nd of August. You'll find out by the 29th of August when we do our next show. Credit and debit. Boy, ghost jobs in law enforcement. Can you believe that? Mm. Now, for most people, when you were in school, especially when you were a young adult, third, fourth grade, and you finally came up to general math and the teacher said two plus two, and you quickly took out your fingers and you went one, two, and one, two on the other hand. Then you counted them both up and you went One, two, three, four. So the answer was four. Two plus two was four. But in adult life, two and two necessarily isn't four. Oh, no, it has equations. And we can make it the number that we would like. Because we factor in things that really don't exist, but they should exist, but they're not on paper, but just in case (laughs) they're there, but they're not there. (laughs) So, kind of factor them in, but they're not really in the budget. And that is how many law enforcement circles prepare their budgets. We're going to dive into that, but let's just slow up a little bit, and let's take one, one, one news outlet. One. Now, I know I did say at the last uh, episode that we would not touch any more news articles, but we rethought that position and we are going to selectively just talk about one, maybe two articles, myself and Mike Sierra, when we come up with the Rated Cop Nation. But for now, we're just going to go ahead and factor that in. And the uh, show I want to, of the show, the news article I want to talk about is our crazy uncle, Uncle Bernie. Now, I know that the news article is a little dated, but so is Bernie. And we want to talk about Bernie's crazy idea of providing Medicaid for all. Okay? <laughs> Don't listen to the millions of billionaires, the million of billionaires. So, Bernie Sanders, thirty-two trillion dollars, trillion. So, million, billion, and trillion dollars for Medicaid. All plan is actually kind of a bargain. Listen to what these nuts in the media write. It's a bargain, and 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 the article. Goes, I, I wouldn't read this crap if you paid me, but. What I'm getting at, 10 years, $32 trillion, and these idiots actually believe it's a bargain. And that is a scary thing when you deal with them because there's no logic. There's none at all. There are people that are voting for this crazy mythology of theirs. And look at Venezuela, look at Cuba. We can go down the list here's the here, here's why I want to concentrate. this is this is the brunt of the story. Forget Bernie. But let's just imagine, if you will, you know the Twilight Zone. imagine if you will, that Bernie's plan actually happens Ten years from now. We're paying thirty two trillion dollars for it. We're all eating out of garbage cans, okay? Nuts, looking nuts. And it, it happens in all these countries. The leftists in this country, especially our, our good Bolshevik friends, the uh, the party of sensitivity that they'll attack you and lie down and, and become obstructionists and so forth, they like to compare the Norway, Denmark, these kind of countries, and they kind of say, well, look at them, they're very very well organized as a, as a socialist country. They're not socialist. Hello? Hello, is the microphone working? They're not socialist. What they do is they tax the hell out of you. Now here, I'm going to give this lesson. I might have given it before. <clears throat> I'm going to give this lesson one more time. How can you identify a socialist they have to control the hell out of everything. Control your consumption of gasoline, control what you eat, control the type of medicine you're going to have, where you can live, where you can work. Okay, The products that the country makes, the factories and so forth, they control production. They control everything. Education, what books you can read. Everything. Every form of your life, every facet of your life is controlled. That is socialism. They don't have that in these other countries that they're calling out, Norway, and Denmark, and all that. They just tax the hell out of you. But you're free to come up with every ID. They don't control product. Once you get the money you sell the product, they tax it. That's what they're doing over there. But these nuts are referring to, and this is very dangerous and very scary because, believe it or not, there are millennials out in the street walking around and breeding. That's even scarier. And they don't understand. There's no such thing as a social democrat. What the hell is that? That's like being a little pregnant. A socialist is a socialist. Now, how can you identify a communist? It's the socialist that now has a gun. See, it progresses. So Uncle Bernie here with his wackiness, and the thing now with the Democratic Party is who can come up with the most wacky left Bolshevik communist program? Put it on the and they're proud of this. They're proud. They don't blink twice. These people are going to the, lose their underwear. <laughs> They run to where they're going to lose. The American public is fed up with their crap. $32 trillion. Did you? Did you are you getting that? $32 trillion. And Bernie says it's a bargain. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we didn't give the bugle of the day off, so where is he? Glad you can make it back with the bugle. Credit and debit. How police budgets are formulated. We got a couple of reference material we're going to be posting on Radar Cop Nation. That's what we're referring to now, boys and girls. And it will be on the show notes, show number 49. Remember that the shows for L Police Radio uh, will remain as... Radio Cup Nation. They'll still be there. <clears throat> and on this um, on the show notes, we're going to put our reference material on credit and debiting and how police agencies basically are dealing with this issue. Now, Let me give you a little bit of a rundown of where I'm going with this. Every year there is a budget that city, county, state, uh, legislators, or in some cases, federal legislators, they come up with a budget for a specific law enforcement agency. It is, the budget year starts, most for most municipalities and counties and states and so forth, it's October 1. Give or take a couple of exceptions. Once uh, that day comes, your budget is administered to that law enforcement agency. Now you either get the entire total sum that they used to do uh, many moons ago. Nowadays, the majority of the agencies are given the—they're not given the total sum of the budget. They're giving—they're giving it or administered to them in quarters. So that what does that mean, kids? In the back quarters. That means how many installments? We don't have all day. Four. Four installments of the budget. So that gives the administrators a lot of wiggle room to know whether they hit or missed as the quarter comes up. Remember before, well, the majority of the agencies would give you your budget. Two months into the budget, you'd blow everything, and then you'd call your city administrator, your county administrator, state Tell them uh, uh, we don't have any more money. So now with the quarterly thing, We're sorry. it could be managed better, supposedly. Please check the number and dial again. And this is a recording. let's talk now. We've, we've got that picture. So the budget comes in and off everybody goes. Let's talk now on how a budget is created. Each administrator, a police administrator, correctional administrator, they have to allocate Four positions and each position of course has a mandate and it has a budgetary item on the budget and for future projections. Okay. So if you have a high turnover rate like the lost profession of corrections has, Taxi. You would have to try to factor that percentage rate that will quit leave you know, whatever the circumstances are there, and you have to replace them. Now, on the police end, uh, it's basically people that are moving on either to other agencies or, and that's not very high, but it does happen, or retirement, okay? So you have that equation that has to be factored in. Now, a lot of agencies... When employees, staff members, officers, deputies, they reach the level of retirement, either retirement age or retirement by service, but they're still there, they're counted on the minus column because they can walk away at any time. So these are the numbers that we're factoring. How many staff members I have, how many are projected to leave, how many are forced to leave. Some states, it's a mandatory age, you have to leave. Some have mandatory retirements based on their pensions. And there's an actual expiration date that they have to go. So that's the easy factor. The harder factor is when they've reached the level of retirement, but they choose to keep on covering the work. Yeah. So they can leave, but we don't know when they're going to leave. Now, some agencies have opted for a buyout. Wow! They would pay the employee X amount of dollars if he get up and get the hell out of here. Why? Because their hourly rate and all the benefits that are being paid is a lot more money than they could get a better return on their money if they hired a brand-new rookie, or maybe two rookies for the price of one senior. So these are the fuzzy mathes we're going to be playing with. The other one is the allocation of positions. Now, here's where it starts getting a little weird. Now, if you got an agency... You have the agencies broke down into sectors. Sectors are broken down into units, squads. They're managed with, a let's say, a sergeant or a corporal. It could be their supervisor. And you would have five or more, depending on the size of the agency, uh, officers, deputies, in that squadron or that squad. And within that sector, that sector might have one, two, or three squads, depending. Okay. So each position is kind of factored into the budget. Follow me so far. So I've got five officers, one sergeant. I've got three sectors. That means I have a total of 15 officers and three sergeants. Okay. Follow me so far. Okay. Don't lose me in the back. Make sure you're picking up on this stuff. And now, in police work, it works a little different than it does in the correctional setting. And why? Because in the correctional setting, they are man post. In other words, you need an actual rear end to be sitting in a chair in an actual post. Okay. Because if not, the asylum would go crazy. Where in police work, you have five officers to one squad in a given sector, but one calls in sick, they can still function with four. Follow me? Okay. Pay attention now. Keep it going. So now they factor these strange numbers. Now, in police work, depending on how crime, high crime areas, they try to throw a couple more. Tactical patrols in there. And so they will move some personnel around. But you start having positions on the budget that don't exist. I'm going to say that again. You have positions in the budget that don't exist. And this is common now. This is, everybody does this. And they will say like, Uh, We have 20 positions in training. Now, there are only actually five people there. The other 15 are vacancies at at the moment. But they leave them into the budget. So that pork, that extra layer of pork that is lying there, is imaginary money. It goes into the budget and is factored into that specific position But since the position really doesn't exist, we can play around with it. The other crazy aspect of this, this this is for Joe Sixpack, the citizen. I want you to listen carefully. Overtime, overtime, which is paid very highly in in a lot of agencies, overtime is not frowned upon. That's correct. They want people to work overtime. Why? Why the hell do they do that? Because it's easier to hire an overtime person They already have their set benefits and pay than to bring in new bodies, process them through the academy, and give them additional benefits to fulfill the position. Are you following me? So I'm down several positions, but instead of hiring for that position, hiring can constitute 20, 25, 30 years of service. I'm going to go with the one that's already there and give them overtime so they can work pretty much. Two jobs, the regular patrol and whatever else they want to get involved with in their overtime capacity, but I'm only paying one benefit, okay? You need to catch up to the voodoo economics that's going on here. This formula has been used for many, many years, and... We could sit here and argue about if it is effective or not effective. Everybody's in on it, by the way, Mister and Missus Joe Sixpack. Everybody's in on it. Everybody knows the game. Who the hell is everybody from the from the rookie graduating from the academy <sighs> to the police chief to the corrections director to the commissioner to the city commissioners? <sighs> to the mayor, everybody's in on it. They all know there's voodoo economics involved. But what's most alarming out of this whole thing, and I'm referring to several articles that I'll be posting as show notes, they make reference to a overtime which is hugely out of control. And um, one such article is referring to the city of Baltimore. And I was kind of reading it, and I was looking at the numbers, and I said, well, the numbers look pretty, you know, on target. For example, it says for fiscal year 2019, $20 million in overtime is budgeted, and the overtime for this year is expected to be $50 million. I had to read that twice. I go, okay, wait a minute. For fiscal year 2019, $20 million in overtime is budgeted, and over and overtime for the year is expected to reach fifty. So you know it's going to be fifty, but you've budgeted twenty. Now, if you remember when we first started the show, kids, we spoke about two plus two is. You get two fingers on one hand, two fingers on the other. You count them up together: one, two, three, four. So my number's four. That's in the kids' world. In the adult world, this freaking crazy-ass math I just read is normal. So for the fiscal year of 2019, $20 million in overtime is budgeted. Okay, this is in Baltimore. And overtime for this year is expected to reach $50 million. So why would you put for 2019 $20 million if in 2018 you're going to be paying $50 and let me take a guess here. I bet you for the 2018 season, you did not budget 50. So this is voodoo economics, but this is also crazy leftist mathematics as well. well as long as it's other people's money, nobody cares. They are dipping into general funding to do this ludicrously this, this craziness and it's being done with a sadistic purpose which is just run the the business down to the ground so I looked at that article I'm going to post it on the show notes of vice said as I said and another article that caught my attention and this is from 2017 so I wanted to get away from the 2019 2018 others baloney. and I said well what will we do in 2017? why rising police budgets aren't making cities any safer. Wow. Imagine that. So my budget in police work is increasing. That's what this article is talking about. And it talks about the higher crime rates. And so we're putting more dollars and more emphasis based on that community and that sector based on its crime rates, and it's not working. It alludes to here that the New York City that New York City spends nearly five billion, okay, and I'm going to do it on my Bernie Sanders voice. Five billion, five billion dollars, $5, five billion on a police force that still prioritizes discriminatory and ineffective broken window pol- policies, even as its decayed public transit system calls out for investments what what's the public transit has nothing to do with the police budget. but anyway, it's in the article. but it does have to do with the people that have to do the budgets because they have to look at the factor of everything. Another one was Detroit. Police overtime hours cost soar and it goes into detail. On the amount of overtime, so Detroit officers from the rank of lieutenant down who are eligible for overtime log in 765,881 overtime hours during the fiscal year. This is 2015-2016, starting to go downwards. Look at this crazy amount of hours, 765,881 hours of overtime from the position of lieutenant on down. That would be lieutenant, sergeant, and if they have anything underneath, sergeant, or it goes straight to officer. So that would be three or four positions. So whatever their uh, annual annual salary or base salary, let's say uh, on average, and we're trying to be a a low-ball hitter here, we're looking at about $40 an hour in overtime and and again, I'm I'm just coming up with that figure, and we're going to time that by seven hundred. And I'm going to be generous. I'm not going to go to seven hundred sixty-five thousand. Okay, I'm not going to factor in the uh, eight hundred eighty-one. I'm going to be I'm going to be Chris Kringle today. Be nice. I'm not going to factor that in. So that gives me a, a grand total of a gazillion dollars. Now, according to this, is thirty million. $30,600,000. $30, 000, 30, 30 million over in Detroit, pissing away. So you wonder. So somehow the logic is, through overtime, I'm not paying benefits, so I'm saving money in the present. But as these individuals make more money, their pensions go up, So in the long run, I'm going to have to pay huge amounts of pensions. So am I thinking as an administrator to the future? And the answer is, no, I'm not. Do what I have to do now and forget about the future. So let me tell you why another aspect of this conversation why a lot of agencies are looking for so many people that they can't find. Not only do people don't want to be cops anymore because of the crap that's going on in the media and the hating on police and and so forth, people also don't qualify to get in because they might have a record. And people also that do want to get in are not getting hired. But there's a great need. You might be, def- the deficit on officers on a given agency might be a huge number, percentage-wise. 20, 25% of the agency is going out the window. They're retiring. They're leaving. And I need to do some mass hiring. But they don't. They're playing around with the overtime budgets. Why? Where, where does this lunacy come from? You need to hire individuals in the front. Now, of course, they're factoring them in. Don't get me wrong. They are coming in. But how come they're not coming in as fast as they can come? How come the process is holding up so long? Because a lot of these agencies do five-year plans. Are you listening to this craziness? So they know for the next five years, we're going to be paying $30 million in overtime. So let's figure that out, kids to our ballpark uh, mathematics. We were in school. Three times five is? (laughs) Fifteen, correct. So that would be $150 million in overtime for five years. The dead silence. Everybody's trying to figure this out. My head freaking hurts. And I can't keep up. Here's the other problem. For every 10 that check out, only three or four come in. So people are leaving faster than they're coming in. Because during the era, believe it, of the voodoo economics, we were on that subject, of Ronald Wilson Reagan, agencies, there was a lot of money that was being made, even though, according to the media, he was an old quack, he was a buffoon, he didn't know what he was doing, His economic plan was voodoo economics and so forth. And they will deny till their death that he had anything to do with it. But I can only tell you from my personal experience in the late 80s, the academy classes were jam-packed. Sometimes there were four and five at the same time. And if you were from my era, you know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. Now, good luck. If you have two classes at the same time, that's a miracle in itself. So, why? Where's the difference? During the Reagan era, there was mass hiring. And again, some specific locations were a lot more, like Miami, because of the drug trade at the time, with the with the drug cartels in the '80s, cocaine cowboys and so forth. So they were hiring, and they, they were putting in huge amounts of uh, force. Forces were were increasing and to give you an idea when I started the agency had about a thousand officers okay and it is ballooned over a hundred percent over a hundred percent today so they were hiring and hiring and hiring in the 80s and partly in the in the 90s and knowing that that in, that pool, remember we did the math in the beginning, my expectation pool that people are eligible for retirement, and they have done nothing. Nothing. They blame it on gas prices went up, the crash of uh, the homeowners, the tax base. It's an all shoe, and it's find the peanut. Okay, remember that game, find the peanut? The shell game, three-card Monty. The, The bottom line is simple credit debit. Money credited comes in. Money debited goes out. I do my checkbook every month. Whatever's left over goes into savings, and I start 30 days later. And we continue the project. If you, the listener, did your budgeting like these governments are running these agencies, you'd be under you'd be living in Skid Row underneath a bridge somewhere. It's horrible. Government has lost the ability to govern itself. It is so inept in every aspect. I can tell you horror stories in my last several years before I departed where the civilians, the educated elite from the civilian uh, academia of the uh, great institutions like the University of Miami and so forth, Uh, The civilian academic, uh, they came up with the idea of let's get all the people that are working in specialty positions and have them work one day of operations. That should bring down the cost of overtime. And we went on with this baloney for years, for years. The biggest three-card Monty shell game in the history of any government. People were actually believing this crap, that the little bit of input that the special operations was doing to help out the operations one day a week was actually meaningful. Where the global numbers were, they were exceeding, they were exceeding by far $20 million million in overtime. Was chicken feed. They were blowing it. That's how much the county gave them. There was nothing left, and they would come up with these crazy concepts. But people were leaving faster than they were coming in. It, a mess. This has been going on since Moses wore shorts. The inability of government running its financial institutions has led me to actually believe that a comptroller is needed, especially in large agencies. What is a comptroller? Well, it's like a CPA, a person that really administers the money where it needs to go and makes the recommendations quickly so these Examples that I've given don't blow up in your face. There's no way that you can continue operating, blowing up these budgets, because at the end, who's got to pay for it? The taxpayer. Now, I know for a lot of our friends on the left, what's the big deal? There's plenty of money. Just dig it out of their wallet. But it, it gets to the point that we're just losing our minds. Simple mathematics of when I was a kid, 2 plus 2 equals 4 has somehow got out the window. Now I can give you five or six equations to get to the 4, which really won't equal 4. It'll equal something else. But if I need to, I can revert back to the 4. Three-card Monte. And we'll be posting on the show notes what Three Car Monty is for those that never grew up in New York City and have no idea what I'm talking about. It's the shell game, folks, the shell game. So <clears throat> we always talk about you being committed to your agency that serves you. Well, one of the things you want to do is you want to look at do they have access for the community? the annual report. Now, most of the time you get the annual report, it's two years late on the website, but at least they're working on one. Some agencies don't even think about it. Have accountability to the citizens? Are you crazy? I don't have to talk to them. All I got to do is report my uh, to the deputy mayor, to the mayor, to the city council, to city manager, whoever the hell's in charge around there. But I don't have to talk to the citizens. I don't have to do that. That mentality has got us in the hole that we are in. Why do I bring this episode to light? Because recently I saw a video, a news feed in Chicago, where there was demonstrators and Chicago police officers were responding, and they were taking up tactical positions. It was the most goofiest thing I've ever seen. Some had nightsticks, some did not. Some had helmets, some didn't. There was no uniformity. Now, I don't really know why they were not prepared where that uh, riot equipment should have been accessible within their vehicles, not in some locker. But I could quickly analyze that there's a deficiency of some type. And this is on the media. I'm watching this sideshow. Some helmets, some no helmets. Some don't even wear the helmet correctly. The shin strap is hanging. Some had it on right. It's, It's a cluster, folks. That tells me that not everybody has the equipment and there's a deficiency. That deficiency could be as a result of income or funding, and because we're playing musical magical chairs in these budgets, these civilian administrators that are within government really can give a rat's ass about the officer in the field. But the officer in the field should have every, every piece of equipment that he or she needs, from radio to ride helmets to bulletproof vest, to the proper footing equipment, gun belts, and so forth. It should be uniform in the agency. It should be tested by the training section that that piece of equipment does what it's supposed to do. And in some aspects, those staff members will have to be trained on the proper use of that equipment, whether it's body uh, cameras or whether it's your holster, that might be uh, a little difficult, so you might have to be trained in it. It is robbing those officers from the equipment that they need to do their fair share, we'll use that as a term, and the bribery money that is paid to those that are in the Position that they might have to sacrifice their life, is overtime money. That's right, I said it. The bribery money being paid is overtime money. So therefore, the unions are real slow in arguing the point, and nothing goes on. One of the articles here, I believe, is it's it's San Diego. Uh, it talks about overtime. And the union is standing up against uh, forced overtime saying that the officers would not be up to par and it's, uh, you know, putting the officers' safety at risk. I believe that point, but how long did it take to get to that point? You know, so what are we pointing out here? that these budgets need to really, really come in within budget. Not to the point that oh, if you lose X amount of dollars, they're pulling the officer off the street. We're not talking about stupidity now. But there's no way that you can have a $20 million overtime budget, but you're projected to make $50 million in overtime. So where does the other $30 million? In Mickey Mouse land? Where's the money coming from? That foolishness needs to put a stop. And not only that, if you do your homework and you listen to what I just said and you investigate what jurisdictions are upside down the worst, believe me, there might be an Uncle Bernie somewhere in there with millionaires uh, and billionaires, millionaires and billionaires. Okay? Somewhere in that mix, there's an Uncle Bernie. Wake up, folks. It's time to vote. It's time to vote. Are you listening to the person that's telling you and showing you and proving to you, I'm cutting your taxes? You're getting extra little income in your check? Or are you listening to the joker that's talking about Medicare for everybody? $32 trillion is a, a drop in a bucket. huh? Are you talking? Are you listening to the Democratic Party that's talking about raising taxes? Hello? This thing working? Raising taxes. It's, it's going to get real, folks. It's time to wake up. Now it's time for our 09 train I take the opportunity and talk about something that's very important that's use of force especially in the law enforcement realm where officers are dying more and more and the guidelines for force are considered and the factor of that force comes from constitutional consideration and that of case law So the question arises that in your agency, are you receiving at least a yearly update on the use of force policy of the agency? Are they looking at things like case law and constitutional considerations? You know, especially today with the implementation of body-worn cameras, video feeds in interaction of force and law enforcement is up over 100%, a gazillion percent, from when I first started in law enforcement. There was no video feeds. People didn't even have cell phones when I started. So therefore, finding an actual video of an incident was kind of rare. Of course, later on when cell phones came in, it started to become a little bit more prevalent. But now with body-worn cameras, people are asking for the video feeds after the incident through public information laws, and they're posting them all over YouTube. So the public now has more of an bird's-eye view of what police officers are, are dealing with and doing. So the considerations of constitutionality in case law should be greater. The emphasis in your agency to train you on force should be larger. Not just giving you copies of the policy or case law, but actual training. You see, The citizens of Uptiani with digital cameras asking for public information laws that allow them video footage of closed cases, and the media is always looking for a good scrutiny of law enforcement. It's so important now for the agencies to be more proactive than reactive and throwing their officers a lot more training in the actions of use of force. As we enter the new podcast of uh, Raider Cop Nation, we're going to be looking at force very, very particularly. Some uh, cases, some structure of case law may even take us several shows just to get through. But I want you to listen attentively when that happens. But while we're waiting for that to happen, your agency, I want you to pull it on use of force, and I want you to look at the actual date on it. If it's anything longer than 18 months, you have a problem. And if you're not getting constant and consistent updates in use of force, you have a bigger problem. Now it's time for us to hop on the motorcycle and listen to the conversation. Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. You hear a lot in the media how this country, the country, is completely divided. But the question is, is it divided? Is it really divided? Is what CNN telling you truthful? Is it a 50-50 split? There's about 300-plus million people in this country. For the sake of argument, let's say 300 million. Is it 150 million on one side and 150 million on the other? You hear crazy stuff on TV like Civil War. For real? Did I miss something? Was it an episode? Was it a cartoon? What was it? 150 million people are against my ideas? But I should have 150 million people that are for me. See, the scripture tells us that at the last time, there'll be rumors of war, there'll be terror in the streets, and the media is really taking a role in lying to its citizens. When we look at what we read, this uh, scripture, we see that every kingdom divided against itself will not stand. And that's true. We do see in our government Well, you have the Democrats, 50% of all, 100% of the Democrats are voting either against Republican concepts or lying down and becoming obstructionists. But do you see the citizens? So the question is that the citizens of the United States of America are are a 50-50 split? I don't think so, folks. But what I know, that your confidence should never be about a a party, a president, a law. It should be none of that. It should be built on one principle and one principle only. The principle that this country was founded on. I want to take the opportunity to read you this. I love to think of nature as an unlimited broadcasting system through which God speaks to us every hour. If we will only tune in. Whose words are those? George Washington Carver. And when you read those words, God speaks to us in every form he can, whether it's at work, whether it's through an incident, whether it's through a friend, whether it's through nature, as this portion of literature says, you wonder, and it's those little things that God captures in our life that we can recognize that there's a higher supreme being that made us, cares for us, loves us, And wants to save us. Every day, I encourage you to step up and have that relationship with God. Take moments of your day to think, thank him, think of him, praise him. Just during the course of your time. You don't have to scream out. You don't have to look like some type of weirdo. Just speak to them. And when you do that on a constant basis, come back and tell me how things are going. What's up next? Well, number 50, 5 Episode 5 And we're going to be looking at my health or my health care is of no concern to my agency episode number 50 and that's going to be august 29th my health care is no concern to my agency and we're going to be looking at that remember we are making that move we're we're in the twilight zone right now from L police radio that has faithfully assisted us on these podcasts, 07 to probably 2013. It was Latino Police Radio, 13 to 15. It was changed to L Police Radio. And then we reemerged it in 2017, September of 2017. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary, L Police Radio, we have decided to put L Police Radio to rest and emerging September of 2018 Raider Cop Nation. Let me tell you, this Raider Cop Nation thing is gonna be powerful, it's gonna be straightforward, it's gonna be fun, and it's gonna be in your face. We're going to start demasking individuals for hypocrisy, and through our panel, we're going to start listening to some wisdom on a lot of subjects. See, the panel's there just to speak like wise people and tell us what we need to know about a specific subject. Myself and Mike Sierra are here to tell you the truth about other things that affect your life. And we're going to do that to the best of our ability. I am looking forward to it, and it's time to recap on what we have spoken about today. What did we talk about? We talked about a better organized budget in your police force, ensuring and advocating for a controller in your government to make sure that every dollar makes sense. It's going to equip your police department, and make your community a lot safer. I'm your host, Alpha Mike, on Raider Cop Nation. God bless you. God bless the agency that serves you. God bless the United States of America. Long live the republic.